Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and today we're talking about building in areas where there's risk of natural disaster. Would you build your home next to an active volcano? That sounds like a crazy thing to do. Now, you don't have to build your house next to a volcano to have your house affected by a natural disaster. Whether it's the images of lava flows threatening neighborhoods in Hawaii or wildfires in California, spring flooding through various parts of North America, or tropical storms and hurricanes ravaging the coastline. All of these areas from time to time get hit with natural disasters. I had the opportunity last month to visit Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, and St. Martin, all three of which were ravaged by two hurricanes back-to-back within 12 days of each other. In many areas, 90% of the structures were affected in some way. Now, in the Caribbean, they build houses primarily out of concrete blocks or poured concrete, so those structures generally withstand a storm. However, most of the roofs were gone in many, many areas, And even now, eight or nine months later, there are still many structures. In fact, the majority of structures that I saw still had visible damage. The other thing I saw is that there were almost no birds. You know, it's funny. I woke up this morning at about 530 to the sound of hundreds and hundreds of birds all around our house. We live close to a wooded area and the sound of birds first thing in the morning is a wonderful thing. And when I was in St. Thomas and in Puerto Rico, and in St. Martin, I saw virtually no birds. In fact, in St. Martin, in the month of April, I saw one bird. That's a shocking thing, to come to an area that is so lush with so much greenery and only see one bird. When we think about recovery from a natural disaster, we often think about how long does it take to get the windows fixed, the roof repaired, but in reality, there's so many other things to consider. How long is it going to take for trees to grow back, for birds to come back? and for the natural environment to recover from such a storm. Municipalities are becoming much more savvy when it comes to addressing these types of natural disasters. In the past, many cities specified their stormwater handling capacity at a 10-year storm event. Today, most municipalities, in particular in the southern states, are upgrading their specification to handle a 25-year event. In fact, I'm familiar with one Arlington, Texas neighborhood, right in the heart of Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, that is now designated a flood zone. That residential neighborhood has been bulldozed. None of the residents live there any longer, and it's now a lovely municipal park. Last month, I considered a property that borders along a river. It's in an area that's now also designated a flood zone, and the new municipal rules say that you can buy the property, you can live in it, but you can't change it. You can't modify it, you can't extend it, and you cannot improve it because it's now in a flood zone. So that area is basically designated as unsuitable for development. Many people have the attitude that they'll take the risk because whatever risk they're facing will be covered by insurance. And the fact is, many insurance policies have exclusions that exclude explicitly major natural disasters or acts of God. Even having an extra rider on your policy where you, let's say, have flood insurance may not be enough to save you. For example, the property I was just talking about doesn't have to have experienced flood damage to become virtually worthless. As long as the city designates that it's no longer suitable for development and it cannot be renovated, that property is now virtually worthless and there is no, there is no insurance claim. There's no, there's no damage. You can't claim anything. But you've destroyed significant value in your property if that rule change comes into place. The point of this entire episode is to point out that there's an extra level of due diligence that's required in these higher risk areas. It's not enough to look at the existing regulations and say, well, the rules allow it, so therefore I'm going to build and I've got insurance, so therefore I'm covered. We've seen many examples where municipalities have gone backwards and designated areas as unsuitable for development, 
And when that happens, there's a significant destruction of value and there's no insurance policy that's going to cover you. Now, it doesn't necessarily take a natural disaster to change the rules. Sometimes a change in local government is enough to change the rules. When you change the people, you change the rules. If you're in the middle of a zoning application at a time when you're also going through a change of municipal government or perhaps just a municipal election, you're in a higher risk environment than if you were within the same term of a municipal government. In fact, sometimes a change in leadership at your local conservation authority can be enough to change the rules. And while I personally love waterfront property, today if I was to buy waterfront, I would be far more cautious and make sure that the property was high enough above high water to make sure that it was going to be protected in virtually any weather conditions. In the meantime, as you're evaluating properties, pay very close attention to what's happening in the environment around you. Properties are not all equal and some of them carry more than their share of risk. Have a spectacular day, make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.